Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex, this is Rob. Hello. And we can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. We are on Twitter at, at LAPodcast. We are on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash LAPodcast. We are on Tumblr at LAPodcast.tumblr.com. Right. Tumblr, of course, is T-U-M-B-L-R. I assume everyone knows that now, Rob. Yeah. And... Um, we can be found on iTunes, of course. You can download all of our episodes there. You can leave us a review on our website too, lapodcast.net. You can download all of our episodes from there. Um, and our email address, if you want to submit a story to us to be featured, potentially, we can't promise anything, uh, but to be featured on our listener story of the week, because we get a few submissions each week, then please email us at lapodcast.net at gmail.com. And Rob, you will be obviously, as you do every week, doing the honours of deciding which email to read out. That's correct, yeah. Um, is there anything you need to update us with? Anything you want to say before we commence with our stories, Rob? Well, it's two things, really. Oh, are there? Uh, yeah. Um, the first one is um, lesbian neighbour updates. No, I meant to ask you that. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you... No, but I'm, I'm very pleased you remember, because to be honest, I had forgotten. Yeah, I, I which is surprising. The case. Um, I'm feeling a bit tired, I should say. Okay, right, well, that's fair enough then. Um... Unfortunately, uh, it's not good news. Um, there's trouble in paradise, Alex. Right. Uh, I can't what day it was. I think it might have been on Saturday evening. <laughs> they were shouting, Alex. There was a full-blown argument upstairs. Do you know what they were shouting about? No, we couldn't because quite make you could hear own. everything. How could you not work out what they were arguing about? Well, we can hear anything with the windows open. Uh, but, you know, so the but window when it's open. when it's no, when it's not open, it's muffled. So this is the one time you wanted the window open because you wanted to be nosy. Exactly, yeah. The one time so they, they shut that properly, fucking window. Properly screaming, were properly they? screaming at each other. Yeah. Could you hear banging? Uh, I don't think there's any, any suggestion that maybe there was any sort of physical violence involved, but um, whatever it was, it, it certainly went on for quite a period of time. Um, so it seems that like, I think as you suggested in the last pod, uh, podcast, the the honeymoon period may have come to an end. The sex has stopped. The arguments have begun. With, with, which of course you can empathise with. Yeah, exactly. With the screaming, <laughs> with the screaming. Well, in your case, it's it's more just silence rather than arguments, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and Comfort also silence. Yeah, yeah. Rob, can I ask you a question? Is this screaming any different than the screams of ecstasy you heard? Are you sure? That it, it's it's definitely... No, no, it's, it's, it's very different. Yeah, so you're no, now it's... sure that one was sex, one is arguing. Yeah, without a doubt. So um, I'll, I'll keep you updated. Um, after that, they've been very, very quiet. Mm. I'm just not, dead, are they? Oh, I was wondering that. I haven't heard anything. No, you seen one, one of them definitely left for, for work this morning. What about the other one? Actually, she was dragging a really long carrier bag. Carrier bag? What are they called? Bin bags, that's what they're called, yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, it clearly broke in some sort of shape. Um, so, yeah, Not joking, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, she, she hasn't disposed of a corpse. Um, and the other thing, I haven't forgotten your gift. It's in my bag. Oh, I'd forgotten. I, I thought you might, I don't know. I've forgotten mine, but... I haven't wrapped it, as is as is tradition. Is it? Right. <laughs> well, it is now. Um, it's in the bag, I brought it in. Uh, shall I close my eyes? You can do. My, my eyes right. are closed. Happy birthday! My birthday, for everybody who wants to know, was a couple of weeks ago. It's a carrier bag. It's a carrier bag. Uh, in a bag that says The King of Fantasy. Right. Well, it's, it's, not, it's more... You it's haven't more. bought me a sex toy again, have you? But not on the last one. one. It's, okay. it's actually from Forbidden Planet. Oh. Oh! It's a bit of a novelty gift. I thought it was a bit... It was a bit... Oh, uh, hang on a minute. So it's Star Wars related, which I'm very pleased about, because I like anything Star Wars. 
But what is it? It says Han Solo and Carbonite. Is it an ice tray? It's an ice cube tray. You so can make your own, your very own Han, Han Solo and ice cubes. Yeah. Han ice cubes. This is amazing. So you can free him from, uh, well, from ice in this case. Um, Do you know what I've been buying recently? What? Star Wars Lego. Really? I thought, you, I thought you always swore that you were never going to buy it. Yeah, now I like it because I love the fact that you make it yourself. Have you seen the Star Wars Death Star? Uh, the Lego, Star Wars Lego yeah, Death Star? It's very expensive. I'm it not going to get anything It's like amazing that. though. I was amazed by it. So Rob, my question is, if I put the water in that, right? Yeah. How do I stop the water tipping everywhere in the freezer? Do I just have to balance it on something? Yeah, you just have to make sure you don't spill it. Because I don't have any much room in my freezer, you see, so I'd have to okay, well, balance it on top of small one. So yeah, you can make six little ones and one large one. And you can impress your friends. And I can watch Han disappear in my, in, in my drink. Yeah. Okay. That is a very novelty niche gift. Thank <laughs> you. There's no some problem. talk on into this. Thank you. No, you're very welcome. Forbidden Planet. Did you go to the one in New Oxford Street? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. not been there in years. It's, Thank you, I Rob. I think I see anyone there. Oh, no, no, it's moved now. It's, not, it's, it's on Shaftesbury Avenue now. Right. I shall make some ice. Thanks. You can use your... I mean, room. that is my only ice tray, so... Oh, even better then. If anybody else wants ice, that's what they're getting. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. In any, any drink, regardless of whether it's hot or not. I genuinely appreciate that gift. Anything no Star Wars related, I'm happy. At I least know. it wasn't a shitty jigsaw this time. Now... Uh, or hot dogs in a can, which is what, <laughs> what I got you. Now, Rob... I thought, shall I save this? Shall I start it? No, I think I've got to start off with this. So, Rob, I have some, some news for you, Rob, which is... Or, I mean, I've just got to say it to you. You'll be, I'm sure you'll be delighted. I have some stuff for the new shopper for you. Right. It's the return of Andy Parks, Rob. Oh, fantastic. The return of Parks. Oh. Who now seems to be known amongst all circles in the paper as Andy Parks. Obviously, he's, he's stated from on high. I don't want to be called Andrew... I want to be called Andy, because I'm going through a midlife crisis, I want to sound younger. Of course, yeah. But when I say the return of Andrew Parks, what I mean by this is, two. Th- I'm going to come on to the second story in a minute, but the first thing is, there are three things actually. One is a story I'm not reading out because there's no detail in it, but right. one is a story about the fact that he gave a 10 minute interview the other day on, I think it might have been BBC Radio 4 or 5 Live. Really? All about, yeah, 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 because they wanted to feature a story about this new shopper, Thank Bank. I don't think I've ever told you about it. Each week they do this Thank Bank where people can submit thank yous to things that people have done for them in the local community. Oh, that's quite nice. And so they had him on. They right. had an actual interview with him on national radio. Well, that makes sense, Alex. Right. The second thing is, he has finally got round to writing another article. Editor's Eye is firmly canned. Oh. It's not called Editor's Eye. He's now doing, and I don't know if it'll... Because you know what he's like. These features are picked up and dropped. This feature is called Five Thoughts of the Week. Right. So, obviously... So it's a kind of similar premise, then. Well, obviously, for him sticking with one thought, for, what was it, about 350 words in each article, was too taxing, Rob. Well, this, you know, this was too much depth to have to go into, so surely better to spread it into five rather, you know, less cumbersome articles. More manageable. More manageable. And also, let's face it, those one thoughts, we felt, often led to some sort of maybe suicidal tendency. So maybe if you move from one thought to the next quickly enough, the darkness won't descend. Right. I have to say, the article is just, just typical Andrew Parks. And I, didn't, I, I almost feel that, again, he's becoming a parody of himself, so I didn't almost find it that amusing, but I want to share it with you. Brilliant. It's from the 20th of August. Five thoughts of the week. Mobile phones, mobile phone rudeness, <laughs> right. mobility scooter madness, and more. Do you get the feeling that he's been listening to our podcast and is trying to emulate the title? 
<laughs> do you? Look, mobile phone rudeness, mobility scooter madness, and more. We, do you think he's trying to be all crazy? Right, we're fully aware now that the, the he's aware of the podcast. Yeah, the new the new shop are obviously aware of the podcast. They may even listen from what from what we've been led to believe. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if that is the case. Right. So we don't know. This is an attempt to, for him to ingratiate himself with us. So bear in mind that he's just launched into this new this new article yeah. and this new feature, which presumably is going to be weekly. Hopefully. I love the way he just starts it. Each week I share my five thoughts of the week. The good, the bad and the ugly. That's an introduction, Rob. That's an introduction to a new feature, isn't it? What else do you need? But he makes it sound like he's been doing that for ages, but he hasn't. This is the first week. But I'm not selfish. I'm also very happy... <laughs> it's good to know. I'm also very happy to donate the space to guest writers to have their say. So write to me. Details below. Because as you know, Andy Parks would do anything to avoid meaningful work. Yeah. yeah. So he's thinking, I'm going to start a feature, but oh, it seems a bit oh, heavy already, what, having to write an article once a week. So uh, anybody else want to chip in? So yeah, again, we have the opportunity to maybe submit five things about the week that we've enjoyed. No, disliked. Oh, disliked. Oh, sorry. It's, it's moans. Right? Oh, the good, the bad. Yeah, okay. The good, the bad, the ugly. Well, I think it's all ugly from what I can tell. Right. Number one. I'm gaining a real dislike for the pig-ignorant individuals who insist upon having their mobiles glued to their ear. Again, because, Rob, you would have never heard anybody complain about this before, <laughs> would you? This is a very original thought. Absolutely. He's like that stand-up comedian who comes years after and goes, hey, then you, what, what's the deal with peanuts on planes, you know, when somebody did that 20 years ago? Yeah, so it's, about, it's basically observational comedy about 10 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> Going through a checkout at a shop while you hold another conversation and failing to even acknowledge the sales assistant who serves you is just plain rude, Rob. We're all too dependent on mobile phones, sadly, but there's no excuse for this rudeness. Take just a minute away from the damn thing. See, I actually think this is his worst article ever, by the way. Two, mobility scooters are everywhere these days. I've seen them three abreast on the pavement. Have you ever heard anybody complain about mobility scooters? Well, I haven't. This is, this is cutting edge, Rob. No, the, no. I mean, the only person, to be fair, the one person who did. Do you remember the the, old, the grandma that tried? It appeared that she'd ran raided a tram and yeah. got a leg caught. But mm-hmm. someone did say that apparently there was two abreast. And he threatened to uh, to cut them. But, but nobody's ever joked about him before, surely. I mean, no, 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 exactly. He's right on the cusp of... Exactly, it's, it's cutting edge. Cut, changing comedy, Rob. Latest research says anything up to 50% of people using these so-called mobility aids don't need them. They're cheap on eBay and other sites, so chavs everywhere are obtaining their own wheels. Again, offensive, yes. Sh- really offensive, actually, that was, Rob. Unpleasant. I, I don't know how see that he chavs on mobility what he, I think he means poor people, Rob, by chavs. Yeah, yeah. No, Should right. there be a test before people are even allowed to buy one? I think there probably is. <laughs> I don't think you know. Anybody can buy a mobility scooter. I suppose, no, but I, I assume if you're given a mobility scooter because you... you because yeah, but he's talking about buying one of eBay. I suppose so, yeah. I've got one in my backyard. I don't have a backyard. Oh, well, it's just it? a figure of speech. Ever more people are... Three. Ever more people are getting their news from websites these days. No kidding, <laughs> So as well as great newspapers, we're working harder than ever on our website. But as much as people love strong news stories, they also seem to want quirky, weird stuff. You won't believe some of it here, and he's put a link to their weird articles. Fantastic. Um, they're all the I things, know what we've covered. <laughs> all the things that I tend to read out. Yeah. And Actually, no, a lot of things that I read out, they don't list as their weird stories, because we find the stories that they think are normal, but we actually think yeah, are the weird. The stories they tend to feel yeah. newsworthy. Number four, I think on balance, I want Scotland to stay with us. <laughs> Okay. In general, I'm a big supporter of the UK. I love that in, in general. In general. <laughs> and while I can... Just like Wales. I think he'd like to cut... Like, just let Anglesey drift off into the ocean, Rob. Yeah, don't, don't get him started on the Isle of Man. Yeah. And while I can understand a few north of the border have got gripes, I think we're better off together. Yeah, got gripes. I mean, that's, that's a nice way to, to, to sort yeah. of talk about Scottish history. Yeah. 
Number five, congratulations to England's women's rugby, rugby team. Having lost the past three finals, this really is a case of if at first you don't succeed, try again. That's the story. Send us your five thoughts by email to A Park. We do have his email address now, by the way. Right. A Parks at London.newsquest.co.uk. No, we have his email address. Even when you said that, I was really expecting you to say A Partridge. I know it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, literally, these thoughts can be about anything in particular. Well, yeah, but Rob, I do want to just, just preface that by saying that there are no comments on this story. Because oh, you do know that for some time, Andrew Parks, whenever he tries to drop these sort of sensationalist articles or things that are meant to stir up debate, there are never any comments. No. Now, Rob, surely the better story about Mr. Andrew Parks. <laughs> because Andrew Parks is a somebody. Unlike you, Rob, Andy Parks is a somebody. You're a nobody. He's a somebody, Rob. That's what Dad keeps saying to me. Yeah. He's a, does he? <laughs> he? He's a somebody, Rob, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose so. And because he's a somebody, Rob, it was only fitting and surely it was only a matter of time before this happened. This is from the 28th of August. Oh, God, he has been knighted, has he? Video. New shop editor takes the ice bucket challenge. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because he's a somebody, Rob. There's no point in you doing it. In fact, we should do it and put it on Facebook. Why don't we take the ice bucket yeah, challenge? we should do it. Absolutely, yeah. That's Aren't we meant to idea. donate money as well, though, at the same time? Yeah, we have to. Yeah, well, see, the, I've got a bit of an issue with this because there are so many people who obviously have no idea what the, I think it's the challenge charity is yeah, ASL, yeah. ALS, whatever it is. But can I dump a? Sarah's uh, done it. I, I, I feel like Sarah doing it. Can I dump a, a, a tin of hot dogs in the can on your head? Can we do our own variant? I would be willing to do that for the sake of the podcast. If you get enough tins of, of no one tin, I just want to do one tin. It's in brown. Do you think that's enough? Oh yeah. god, god. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to do the. I'm going to use your shower. I'm not. I'm not chuffing. Back to life and stinking of, of... Well, if you won't do it for Cherry, well, forget it. <laughs> so, new shopper in South East London, Guardian series editor Andy Parks was the latest to get a soaking in the name of charity by taking on the Ice Bucket Challenge. Was he nominated or did he, did he just take the opportunity to do it anyway? <laughs> well, take a guess. Right. For his challenge, Andrew got soaking from the second floor of Petswood's illustrious Shopper Towers. It's not audible in the video, because for some reason it's no sound in the video, but our leader was only too happy to call out former colleague Alan Woods, yes. the editor of the Brentford Gazette. Alan, you have 24 hours. So Alan Woods, there's another Legend nugget. Editor. No. Oh, no, no, sorry. I'm Alan confused. Woods is happy to call our former colleague Alan Woods, right, now editor at the Brentford Gazette. So Tory boy who sold all his belongings oh in cash God, that's Alan Woods, that's right. He has become the editor of a local paper. Do you not think we should start covering the Brentford Gazette? I think, I think we have to. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Good for him. Tory boy's done well. Uh, are you, yeah, I feel a little bit bitter about that. Do you, would you like to see the video? Well, it is the Brentford Gazette. Um, yeah, go on, why not? Rob, so that's just as no sound, you have to describe it in detail as it happens to the <sighs> listener. Okay, so it's a sh- oh, okay, it's Andrew Parks in his suit standing outside the new Re- shopper headline, a uh, new shopper office, reading the paper. The new shopper, yeah, and uh, someone literally just pours a, a bucket of water from very high up. Yeah, look at the reverse. Angle. A reverse angle. Rob, is it me or does that not a- look like somebody taking a slash on him and his newspaper? <laughs> So the reverse angle is literally just a shot from above. It looks like somebody taking a piss on him. Yeah. Oh, there is sound. And you might be able to hear the sound. The sound is just, I'm guessing, his colleagues laughing at him. Not necessarily because he's done the ice bucket challenge, but because he's just Alan Parks. Yeah. 
Sorry, Andy Parks. Andy Parks. Indeed. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Okay, Rob, you got a story for us? Yeah, it's, I've only got one story this week. Right, where's uh, it from? It's from, uh, it's from The Citizen. The Citizen? We really need to move away from that. We should have stopped doing it for our 100th episode. Yeah. Well, well, now we have to wait for the 200th and then I'll stop. Okay. Uh, the headline, uh, Small Anonymous Protest Takes Place Outside, outside GCHQ Amid Confusion Over Start Date. Right. Do you know what GCHQ is, by the way? Isn't that like our equivalent of like the NSA? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's sort of said, it focuses on sort of like counter surveillance and intelligence, that kind of thing. Wanker, in regards to com- yeah, in regards to communication. Um, there's no journalist listed. <laughs> what? <Well>, very wise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a small gathering of protesters assembled outside GCHQ today on the first of a four-day stand against state surveillance. Brilliant. Yeah. In Shroud. Uh, it's actually well, GCHQ is actually in Cheltenham. But these are Stroud residents? Uh, it doesn't say they are, but it could, it could well be. Right, see, they're fighting back against communism. Though. Absolutely. It was believed that the that hundreds of protesters could turn up for the vigil organised by, by Anonymous, you know, the um, Anonymous who do all this sort of state hacking? Yep. Yep. Uh, with eight police officers on Humble Road. Sorry, Humble, Wick, Wick, sorry, Wick, Humble Road. Wick, WikiLeaks and Julian Assange and all that. Yeah, yeah. With that, yeah. yeah, that's right. You keep asking me if I've heard of things that... I don't live in a bunker, Rob. I am very abreast of current affairs. Of course I've heard of GCHQ and of course but I've heard of Anonymous. You, you do have that bunker, though. I do have You do bunker. spend a lot of time in there. I do, Rob. But what a man does in his bunker is his own business. You're right, Alex. I apologise. Um, <laughs> with eight police officers on Hubble, Hubble Road, Hubble as in the telescope, uh, road site this morning and others from Devon and Kent understood to be drafted in as in police. However, a late change on the, pro- the protest group's website appeared to indicate the first of the process, uh, the protest will be tomorrow and run through until Monday instead. Protesters Ethan McStrackwick and uh, Gerald McMillan, who have, come, who have come up from Andover for the protest, claim Gloucester police said that the protest has been cancelled and refused to give them directions to GCHQ. Sorry, I'm confused. So you've got to explain to me what's happened here. They've arranged a protest. Yeah. Then what's happened? Uh, the protest, the, the, the protest group changed the date of the protest on the website. Although these two uh, people, one of them who decided to post, who posed for the photography, yeah, um, basically turned up for the protest, not realizing that it was actually due to start tomorrow. Didn't have directions, and then asked the police how to get there. And the police refused to tell them. <laughs> how can the refuse, police refuse to tell? Well, technically, them? it's a protest, so. What I don't understand is... Can you refuse to give... I guess the police can refuse to give directions. They're not the tourist board. I mean, we don't know, Alex. They, 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 these, might, these two might be the mastermind of the operation. I doubt it. I think it's highly likely. a picture of two rather... Dozy-looking youths. Yeah. A few comments. Um, Le Corchet, I think that's how we pronounce it, uh, says, Big Brother is watching us. Always has and always will. We are the 51st state. Uh, Horatio Nero says new directions follow the signpost because H because GCHQ is signposted right. so couldn't he just looked it up on his phone I'm sure to be fair I'm sure if you just typed it into any sort of search engine it would come up um, and uh, keyboard says anyone else see the irony in this article the group is called anonymous yet this pair of clowns give their names and have their pictures taken in the local press <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I think is a fair point <laughs> it's, a, it's a very fair point although one of them is wearing a mask 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other one must have forgotten his mask and, and also the directions on how to get there. Yeah, indeed. fantastic. Well done. <laughs> Okay, Rob. My um, I love this story, Rob. This to me is a classic. I, I, it just reminds. I don't know. Even though we've not had this kind of story before, I think we actually maybe have. I think in the first few episodes, it was a similar kind of story that made us both laugh very right. much. Um, and you might remember. It might take you back to that, Rob. This is from the Bournemouth Echo. It's from the twenty ninth of August, which uh, we're recording on Monday, the first of September. So yep. this is recent. First day of, of uh, autumn. Is that right? Yeah. Is that technically right? I thought summer didn't officially end until sort of mid-September. Uh, I, well, I don't know. Yeah, when? Oh, maybe it is, yeah. When's the, uh, it will be the solstice. Yeah, you're right. When's the solstice? It's usually on the 20, 21st, I think. And if any Wiccans out there, if you could write in, I'd appreciate it. Wiccans or pagans, actually. Right. Don't discriminate. After that diversion, right, yeah. this is the headline. <laughs> In quotes, they even took our jar of coffee, close quotes. Burglars raid charity's new headquarters. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Charity workers were left dismayed after burglars raided their news headquarters in Bournemouth. Everything from laptops to tins of condensed milk and jars of coffee was stolen from Sugar Aware UK at Lansdowne <laughs> over the bank holiday weekend. Is Sugar Aware a diabetes charity? I think they must oh, be. They're not just raising awareness of sugar. Yeah, they're saying, have more sugar. Right, it's good for you. Yeah. The charity, which aims to raise awareness of type 2 diabetes, yeah. so you're right, Rob, only opened its new HQ and cafe to be named De Revolution in June this year. It's going to be trendy, Rob, yeah. yeah. Director Sue Jacobs said those who help at the site have been left frustrated after discovering the theft. They took everything from our computers to butter, she said. So, so these people, Fantastic. these people who, who, who burgled this place, why would you take someone's butter? So literally, they took anything that literally wasn't nailed down. Yeah. Fantastic. We keep discovering more things that have been stolen. Also, where, if you were stealing butter, what would you do with it? You would just stuff it in your pocket. You might. You might, yeah, I suppose, yeah. Just take, sort of, you know, take the occasional bite out. Take it at home, use it to cook something with. Yeah, smear it on yourself and, uh, no, no, no. We keep discovering more things that have been stolen. The person who did this knew what they were looking for. All the best IT equipment is gone as well as the sound system while older kit has been left. So they didn't take everything. So they left old IT equipment. They didn't want that, but they wanted butter, Rob. They even took tools like a drill and a sander. Well, that's not spoiling. I think I'd do that. Area manager Victoria Murgatroyd said employees discovered... (laughs) That's not a real name. (laughs) Yeah, Victoria Murgatroyd. Sounds like an alias. Said employees discovered the theft on Tuesday morning. We went to make coffee and realised the jar of Nescafe was gone. (laughs) Said... I'm not See, sure how do they know they didn't just run out of Nescafe and now they're do you know what I mean I like the idea that maybe the, maybe the cleaners turned up for a family in Burgle and then just they went and stole a few more items <laughs> yeah that's a good theory I went into the back room and then I realised are you ready Rob this is my favourite of the article I went into the back room and then I realised our bags for life had gone <laughs> no they didn't steal they that. took the, Rob, they, they stole the bags for life Alex why would you steal a bag for life but not old IT equipment why would you steal butter yeah, or a jar and escaf. Well, that makes sense actually. If you're going to steal a sort of be a, cons- a consumer, what's it called? Um, cons- uh, not consumer items. Whatever. You know what I mean? Um, you would. You need a bag for life to carry them in. I feel so. That makes sense. You're going to steal. You're going to steal items that, that can be can perish. You need a bag for life so you can carry them home. Exactly. When I looked further, there were all sorts of things missing, like a laptop and a printer. We're still finding things that are missing. The workers are currently renovating the building, which was Wait, formerly. What, sorry. What, what are you still finding that's missing? 
Well, exactly. Well, they don't know yet. Are you looking at your keyboard and realising they've taken the P key or something like that? These okay. people, they've been traumatised by this burglary. You can't expect them to notice every little thing. Absolutely. I mean, they've, you know, they're, they're trying to sort of, you know, come to terms with the loss of their of their tea and their coffee and their butter. Yeah. And, you know, you know next week there's going to be a follow-up to this. Like, they even took our safety pin. <laughs> <laughs> so the workers are currently renovating the building, which was formerly Priva Nightclub. It will reopen soon as a healthy eating cafe with a games room. Victoria said, it's just really strange. It's not just the bigger items like the IT kit. The thieves stole a box of nice tea bags but left behind a cheaper brand. Well, that's makes sense. You would steal the more expensive ones. <laughs> Oi, Dave, look, they got twinings here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Steve, Steve, I prefer the Tesco value ones, mate. <laughs> they took a new diary. So yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You would. You wouldn't yeah. take a used diary. And even tins of evaporated milk. I'd be those. We really need help replacing these things. We work really? So <laughs> you need help replacing them? Yeah. As we worked so hard to get here, now we have to start all over again. Just go to Little. <laughs> Sugar Aware UK hopes to launch a new cafe based at 6AA Christchurch Road later this year. The charity also runs two shops in the area which are named Diabetes Revolution. So what do you make of that? That's a story, Rob. Well, I mean, it's a bit petty, but I think... I can, if I was a burglar, which I'm not, just to draw that distinction. Have you ever been in the past, Rob? Uh, no, no, I've never, I've never been in that situation. You unless know. you call sort of pilfering from work, um, theft. Um, just forget I mentioned anything. What's the next story, Alex? Well, just one comment I wanted to read out. Zigzag says, "Did they leave the sugar?" It's, it's a good, it's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, but I think the problem is they'd be aware of the sugar. That would have been great in the story <laughs> that they even took our sugar. Yeah, can I say there's a very good pun there? They what? would have been aware of the sugar. Well, as well, in the, the you know the, the staff there would yeah. have been aware that the sugar had gone missing because sh- forget. I, I get it, Rob. I think it's kind of a similar to the joke you just made a second ago. But yeah. anyway, yeah. my second story here, Rob, really follows on from the from one of the stories you read about GCHQ. Right, so Pete, I didn't read this one first, but I didn't. But it still links. Okay. And I believe this story in the comments may contain our episode title, but I'll leave you to be the judge. Twenty eighth of August, Thursday. It's from the new shopper. It's by Heloise Wood. Headline. Parking signs in Crayford, in quote, like Nazi Germany, say residents. <laughs> Just don't, how, how, many, how many residents compared it to Nazi Germany? <laughs> we'll get on to that, Rob. Okay. A Crayford man has slammed parking signs outside his house. So a bit of an odd thing, as I assume that doesn't mean he's literally gone outside his house... Uh, Taking his box up to slam them against his house. I like that idea. Maybe he, slammed, he just used his head to slam his head into the parking sign. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Um, well, that wouldn't surprise me, judging by the... But, 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 this man does seem odd. Right. A crazy <laughs> man has slammed parking signs outside his house as worthy of Nazi Germany. Noel Phillips, 45, and many of his neighbours are infuriated by the no parking notices which cropped up around his property. The signs have also angered his neighbours in Bridgeway with one person attempting to take them down in the dead of night. <laughs> Rob, it? you're really going to like this story. Uh, were Nazi Germany known for their aggressive road signs? <laughs> yeah, Rob, that's where all this, all this stuff about, you know, street wardens and no parking, all that stuff with Hitler, Rob. You're right, you're right, yeah. I apologise, I keep forgetting. Mr Phillips told you, Shopper, he's worried that the notices erected by Housing Association London and Quadrant, L&Q, could devalue the house prices in the road. The IT consultant and musician said, it's just like Nazi Germany. They are very ugly signs and we are worried, worried about properties being devalued. Someone tried to take one of the signs down in the dead of the night, but wasn't able to because they couldn't get the screws out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm, I'm really struggling here. Does he understand the atrocities that were committed as part of World War Two? We'll get onto that in the comments. Okay. These guys are cowboys. It's litter. Just rubbish now to a telegraph <laughs> pole. So he's saying the signs are like litter. Rubbish now to a telegraph pole. Right. L and Q have no resource legally and it just looks wrong. Well, they do. They're a housing association. They apparently don't have. They're not allowed to put up these signs. They're, oh, okay. they're, they're, they're not enforceable. Right, okay. Mr. Phillips revealed one furious resident took matters into their own hands last week. He said someone tried to take down one of the signs in the dead of the night, but they couldn't because they couldn't get the screws out, which he just told us. They've repeated it. Right. I, I said to the LNQ representative who visited recently, he wouldn't want to see these signs in his street, and he agreed. An LNQ spokesman, spokesman admitted the signs were not legally enforceable. He said these signs were designed to help people living in nearby houses who weren't able to park outside their homes and were put up by their landlord, LNQ, who owns the land. While such signs don't carry legal sanctions, we're hoping they will be effective and will keep the situation under review. Would you like to see a picture of the, the this Nazi Nazi esque sign? Yeah, these are the residents, Rob, so, uh, standing around in a lovely picture around this sign. So these people, Rob, are living. In this totalitarian nightmare, I want you to describe this picture. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> so basically, there's a local, there's a load of local residents standing by this this iron fence with a very inoffensive sign that has black writing on a on a white background. It says "Parking for LNQ Residents Only." Do they not realise this sign was put up to benefit them or to benefit the local residents? Yes, indeed. Um, comments. Bexley Bob says, I wish I had a time machine, if only to to transport these residents back to Nazi Germany and see if a housing association putting up a couple of signs really is like living under one of the most brutal fascist regimes (laughs) the world has ever witnessed. Now Rob, I felt for our episode title, surely one of the most brutal fascist regimes the world has ever witnessed would be a classic. Oh, that would be, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Yeah, I thought thought you'd think so. Um, There were a lot more comments, Rob, but none of the rest were worth reading out. But, uh... Quite extraordinary. I love the idea. But, but Rob, what I love about this story is the carry-on element of it, which is, yeah, I've just shown you one of those signs, yeah. right, on the fence. I'm going to show you another one of the signs on the tree. Observe the sign. I want you to see the one small screw at the top <laughs> and the one small screw at the bottom. So this bloke in the dead of the night, undercover operation, couldn't get the screws out. Right. Now, maybe he didn't take a torch. How do I put this uh, diplomatically? You could just rip that out of your bare hands. I think the people of this this street may struggle with the use of a screwdriver. Would you like to see a picture of the man who raised the complaint, Rob? Who to me looks like the missing Gallagher brother. Right, okay. (laughs) Doesn't he? He does actually, yeah. Yeah. The hair's a bit short. I would expect the hair to be a bit bit more Mancunian, but uh, yeah. I mean, do you know what? If the sign was at least red and black... Then maybe he made a thrush sticker. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us. Yeah, I quite like this story, actually. It's it's from um, uh, the Croydon Advertiser. Um, There's no journalist listed, but I found it amusing. Headline, rooftop drama in, in Barrow Road, Croydon, ends after nine hours as man is arrested. See, I'm, 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 I'm insatiably curious already. Good. Now, what was it? Rooftop uh, drama. Roof, rooftop drama in Barrow Road that lasted for nine hours. Yeah. Did it involve a cat? No, it didn't. There's no, 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 no mention of a cat. 
We haven't had any animals this week so far. No, we haven't. Have I got... The Lister story does feature animals. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's going to be the first week ever, wouldn't it? (laughs) In fact, if there are any local anesthesiacs, local local anesthetic aficionados out there, aficionados, 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 is that right? I'm not sure. Yeah, aficionados, If If there are any local anesthetic aficionados out there, have we ever had an episode that didn't feature an animal-related story? That's a very good question. Yeah, and uh, if, if you know the answer to that, you can, you can send us the email and you'll receive literally nothing. No, we'll read out your email. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds fair. So, the standoff between police and a man on the roof of a house... In I'll Warden. send you an ice cube of Han Solo frozen in cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, pop it into an envelope and hopefully... But just do you have to wait between six and, and uh, eight weeks to postage. Um... The standoff between police and a man on a roof of a house in Wadden has ended after uh, getting on for nine hours. Uh, police have been in talks... Sorry, police have been trying to talk Joe Barton down from the rooftop in Barrow Road since 9am. Well, do you remember that story that I did months ago about that guy who... Was, <laughs> we're talking like eight months ago, maybe. That guy who, who escaped, maybe more, who escaped from that mental hospital and scaled the roof of... I think it was King's... Uh, King's College Hospital oh god yeah. and uh, threw stones and dead pigeons that's off the roof right. and passes by on Christmas Day I believe it was that's right yeah pelted residents that's right. right yeah with dead birds and we kept asking where was he getting the dead birds from <laughs> yeah. which the journalist didn't even think to question Alex this is quite similar to that right so as I said police have been trying uh, trying to talk Joe Barton down from the rooftop in Barrow Road since 10.30am when officers were called to report to a burglary at the property. See, this is one of the things I prefer about the United States to this country. If that happened in the United States, he would have been shot. Yeah, he would have been There'd shot. Be no no questions asked. Yeah. Get down off it, right, kill him. <laughs> we'll shoot him in the leg. But nine hours they were trying to get this guy off the roof. Yeah. After several hours, which Mr Barton spent mostly throwing roof tiles at police <laughs> and making various threats... Roof tiles. Yeah. So he's ripping them off and just, just skimming them. <laughs> Literally frisbing off the roof. Um, he climbed through a hole in the roof around 7 The hole in the roof was the one that he made through removing the tiles. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Right. Um, around 7pm as firefighters climbed up to get him. Uh, Mr Barton was Why arrested. did it take them so long to scale the roof? I don't know. Why, why would you leave him there for nine hours? Surely after the first hour you realise he's not coming down and then you call the, the, then you call the firefighter. Why couldn't they just taser him? Presumably it's too far off the roof. It would be too far. Yeah, but not if you climbed up the ladder. Oh, no, if you, yeah, he did that, yeah. Again, why? No, who knows. Mr. Barton was... Hose? Ho- power hose? And I'll tell you, once those... once those, um, those... Mean, You'd get flung off the roof. Then you yeah. could have some firefight at the other side of the it's building. Collateral damage, Alex. You could have firefight at the other side of the building with one of those big, big know, trampoline things to catch him on when That's he comes off the roof. Um, only, for, only for him to land next to it, as often <laughs> happens. Is that true? No. Um, only in films. Mr. Barnett was always arrested inside the house, uh, believed to be where his girlfriend lives, and put in a police van. Uh, police oh, van before the argument scene. Uh, it doesn't say that. No. no. Um, a bizarre day in Barrow Road ended in, in a substantially farcical fashion when Mr. Barnett's father arrived at the scene around six thirty p.m. <laughs> yelling repeatedly, "Joe, it's your dad." <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly yelling, isn't it? <laughs> Joe, it's your dad, Joe. <laughs> Joel, come off the roof, son. Come on. Uh, around this time, uh, three, van full, uh, three vans full of police officers arrived at the scene. While three vans? Three vans what? full of police officers arrived at the scene while firefighters began to climb at the property, at which point Mr. Barnett disappeared down, down a, a hole in the roof. Uh, during his rooftop stay, Mr. Barnett, a, for, a former hailing, uh, hailing Manor pupil, again, completely irrelevant to the, to the yeah. situation, 
hurled dozens of tiles and uh, damaging a police car and appeared agri- uh, agitated, frequently shouting threats and obscenities. <laughs> but friends told the advertiser he was, in quotes, just looking for attention. <laughs> at one uh, at one calm point during the day, he was being complicated by cigarettes being supplied to him on the roof via a makeshift hoist while he was seen enjoying a can of Coke. So you're saying they winched up cigarettes to him? <laughs> I just like the idea they got this makeshift pole. He was on them. He wasn't threatening to kill himself. No. So why were they appeasing him to this extent? Why why it doesn't say him? why he was on the roof. What you wanted attention, it does. Why were they appeasing him by literally on a, on a, on a sort of rudimentary pulley system, I can only assume, winching up individual cigarettes to him so oh. he could enjoy them with a can of Coke? Yeah. When he's throwing tiles, would this happen in the United States? No. Right, so I mean, this is a fantastic scene to try and imagine. So literally, and I don't really think it's a pulley system. I think it's just this really sort of long telescopic pole, which just may have had like a fag attached to it, <laughs> a lit fag, and he just and he didn't even hold it. The they just held there while while he puffed away from it, and then on the other they pole, butter him some toast and send that up to him. You know, how did well, my one question is how did you use the toilet? They probably pissed through the hole of the roof. Well, do you reckon they said, do you, do you need a piss, Joe? We've got, we've got a bucket down here. Go on. Well, you take a piss in it. We're going to winch up some toilet paper, all right? It's velvet. I, no, it's Cushel. Are you saying Cushel? Cushel could have been. Yeah. I just, I don't know why. I just imagine him sort of, you know, he's squatting over the, over the corner of the roof and the police officer sitting at the bottom with a bucket. Just sort of trying to, yeah. you know. Anyway. They're treating him like he's royalty, this, this, the police. Yeah. Nine hours this went on, and all they did with it was to supply him fags and the kind of thing. Once they got him down the roof, you know that, that kind of thing you often see on those shows. Like, I love the idea that once they got him down from the roof, then it was just pure brutality. <laughs> once he comes down, like, like he's like, I can trust you to come back to it, and they get him down, and they're like, right, I'm going to shit. Yeah, and he's on the floor, and, you know, the trunch is around the head, <laughs> beating him, chucking the Stand shit over. fags, just burning him. <laughs> you want a fag? Here's a fag. <laughs> Making them eat them. Yeah, anyway, that kind of um, according to his Facebook page, Mr. Barner had recently spent time in prison. Right. Uh, his grandmother told the advertiser that, that he'd become upset because of the lack of support he received during his time in jail. Well, fair enough. Okay, so yeah. basically he had a bit of a mental breakdown by the sounds of it. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, there's no comments on that story. But, uh, what can you say? I love that. that that's a gem of a story. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rob, you've got to look for updates on that I story. will do, yeah. Because I would love to know why he was that. There's more to this story than meets the eye. I would also like, I, I would also love to the fact that there'd be more... How many pictures? Oh, is there more than one, one picture? Oh, there is more than one picture. I do apologise. I haven't seen these pictures, any of them. No, I, 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 I didn't realise. Right, so there, there's him outside the police van. Um, yeah, he looks still agitated. Yeah, yeah there's. Uh, so what's that? He looks like special forces. That bloke. Yes, yeah, so obviously they're closed off the off the, the road. So there's yeah. a man standing behind a cordoned off area with lots and lots of ropes and pulley systems attached to him. So that's how they got up to the roof. That's, I reckon that's just for the fags. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, He's the fag delivery. Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, even there's him. a. That's been bundled into the car. Yeah. Um, and oh, I think that's it. So yeah, uh, I'll keep you updated on Mr. Mr. Barnett and uh, hopefully... I'm not sure I could survive on the roof for nine hours with just a can of Coke and a couple of cigarettes. Let's face it, they probably gave him much, much more, but it doesn't doesn't make the police look awfully good though, does it? No, because I'm thinking he must have got food up there. What do you want, Joel? You know, Big Mac. They go (laughs) off, they get in an example, they winch that up, and all this time he's basically... He's not got a hostage, and he's not threatening suicide. So, and all this time, all he's doing, he's, he's, he's making threats, he's lobbing roof tiles, one of which damaged a police car, and they're saying, look, look, 
Look, Joe, please don't do this, okay? You've caused enough damage. Joe, Joe, it's your dad. <laughs> look, look, Joe, your dad's here. He wants nobody's, you to come down. Nobody's angry with you. Just come down. We understand, Joe. You agitated. You agitated. No, we, we, just come down and we can talk about this. Come down. There's a nice can of Coke. <laughs> a wonderful story. Brilliant. Okay, Rob, I believe it is time for our listener story of the week, which is fortuitous because um, we've come to the pretty much to the end of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's nice how it all slots together. Um, this is another story from Stephen, our new listener. Stephen in... No, let me try and remember where Stephen lives. It's not Derby, is it? It is Derby, well done. Oh. Um, now, as... He sent quite a, a nice email, or it was quite an enjoyable email, which is attached to the story. I'm going to read the story out. But do I get to hear the email? You do, yeah. I'm going to read the email now. So it begins. Gents, thanks for the mention on the previous podcast. You've got another mention now? Yeah. My favourite story from the LA podcast history is from episode five, which of course is episode five. From the valley to the abyss. It is indeed. He loves the, does he love like us the, he does he like Alan your names. story or my story? You know, my story. Yeah. The Alan Ames. It's not like somebody getting, getting their arms ripped off by a gorilla. Basically. Our best ever quote. So, a story involving a chap from Dartmouth. I think it's actually Dartford. I don't think it's Dartmouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, who ran his own, in, as he puts it in, question, in quotation marks, wildlife sanctuary. I believe it started with a bird, a bird of prey and snowboard, and snowboard from there. It really did. Uh, I was looking to this story a couple of weeks ago, yet found nothing pod- podcast-worthy to update you guys on. Oh, that's so good that somebody's out there looking for Alan Ames updates. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, keep hunting. Then I found the, the story below. Oh. Okay. It's not about Alan Ames. But, but it's it similar. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. So maybe it was Dartmouth. Where's Dartmouth? I'm trying to think. Because this is not from his neck of the woods. So maybe it is. Like, maybe Alan Ames is from Dartmouth. I'm just getting Dartmouth, Dartford and Dartmouth. I think they are close by. Anyway... So, the story's from the Dartmouth Chronicle. Sounds uh, like a fascinating read. Absolutely. There's no journalist listed. Okay. What date? Uh, it's, it's going back a bit. It's from the, the 4th of April, 2014. Oh, right. So it's this year. Yes, yeah, this year. It's not April Fool's, is it? No. 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 The headline. Farmer warned dog owners he will shoot on sight. <laughs> I love farmers. you got to love them. This is... Brilliant. I don't think you can threaten that. It's not legal. I don't think it is. Well, no. You, uh, not, no, no, not just. Only, owning a firearm in this country isn't legal, is it? You can only, well, you can only have a shotgun license. Is it? I mean, surely if they're on your land and for trespassing. I don't know. I don't no, know the law. You're not, you do know the law because you know that old thing with the guy who shot those burglars in the back. You're not allowed to just shoot somebody. Just If somebody broke into my house now, I'm not allowed to kill them. No, I have true. to use reasonable force. Oh, so that's right. Them with a sh- yeah. Right. yeah. A prominent farmer had warned pet owners he will shoot on sight if he finds their dogs attacking his sheep. <laughs> Richard Haddock, good name. <laughs> Hang on a minute. His name is not Richard Haddock. <laughs> his name is Richard Haddock. Fuck off. <laughs> I really want to know what his Mr. Fish. called. Right? <laughs> because if he's got sisters, they must have wanted to get married quickly. Because there's no way that a woman can have the surname Haddock and sound good. Mr. Just Haddock. Yeah, just think about it. Trixie Haddock. It sounds awful. Alex, why would their first name be Trixie? They're women called Trixie. Yes, but... Sort of women I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh... Yes, okay. but you pay for those women. <laughs> Emily Haddock. <laughs> yeah, it ruined. It doesn't matter how beautiful she is. Haddock. No, you're right. Okay, I can't... I can't disagree with that. Anyway, Richard Haddock told this week... A mackerel. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hmm. 
Harry was forced to watch as five of his lambs had their throats ripped out by a road dog in a horrific attack on his farmland. Oh. And he warned other, other, and he warned other he farms. He kills these sheep as a matter of routine himself. He, uh, yeah, I would have thought So he's comfortable doing it, but he's not comfortable. We don't know that. He, yeah. he, he might just be doing, getting like, he might just shear them from the wall. But usually, I think the final result is that he would have killed them anyway. I think for the, he's only comfortable if he kills them, not if an act of nature kills the <laughs> He's just jealous that he didn't get to get there first. <laughs> uh, and he warned other farmers in the area that there was a killer dog on the loose. <laughs> was it a wolf, maybe? Possibly. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Do we have wolves in this? Do we have wolves in this country? As far as I know, we do, yeah. I think Where? so. I don't think there are native wolves to the UK, Rob. That's where no, it, I'm, I'm sorry. I know, that's where Dartmouth is. Dartmouth's down in Devon. Sorry, I just realised that halfway through. Dartford is is closer to us. Hang on a minute. Wolves UK. You're not going to get a load of Wolverhampton Wanderers facts. No. Wolves were once present in Great Britain. Are they not still? I, th- I thought they're still wild wolves. They're extinct now. Oh, where the fuck have you ever seen a wolf in Britain? You nutter. We don't live in Canada, Rob. No, you're right. I don't know. There might have been. It'd be great. Yeah. No, I've just said there aren't. But okay. Where have you seen a wolf in Britain? It was in a zoo. That's like you thinking maybe there are bears in Britain. There are. I've seen one. Right. Okay. <laughs> it was in a zoo as well. Um, police are investigating the uh, the attack, said Mr. Haddock. But he wish- he issued his own warning to dog owners, saying the message is clear: keep that dog on the lead. Or be prepared to take home nothing more than the lead. Ex- <laughs> or be prepared to take home nothing more than the lead home. Fucking hell! Well, think? that's not really accurate, is it? You'd be taking home the lead with a dead dog on it, <laughs> yeah. or just the bloody lead, maybe, or maybe just the head itself. Uh, oh no, you wouldn't behead it. Well, you might behead it. Who knows? Uh, with Easter holidays expected to bring a surge of visitors into the area, Mr. Haddock said dog owners must accept the law and allow farmers to shoot first and ask questions afterwards. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> when sheep are being attacked. I've not heard that interpretation of the law. <laughs> Maybe that's Basically, can you imagine the judges? Basically, the best way to tell the law is shoot first and ask questions afterwards. I think it's the other way around, mate. I think you always have to be really but It's careful. very specific. Shoot first and ask questions later when you're, when you're, sheep, when you're sheep being attacked. I don't think the law does say that. No. I don't think if your sheep is being attacked, you can open open fire with it. Well, if you're not allowed to open fire, even if somebody in your house is being attacked, Rob, then I assume that also applies to sheep, unless sheep have got some extra special status in this country. Perhaps. Um, the attack on his farm happened in full view of a planning... Maybe this man has uh, romantic relationships with his sheep, which is why he's so protective over them. He could... I mean, Maybe they're his concubines. Quite possibly. <laughs> Maybe he was absolutely distraught. I mean, that could be... Yeah, that, Fluffy! You <laughs> get the shotgun. Bastard! <laughs> what, is that one of the names of the sheep? Or? No, no, no. That's, a, that's really that was him mourning the loss of Bastard the sheep. No. It's an interesting name for a sheep, I feel. So it's Fluffy, but... Yeah, yeah. Now, Fluffy made more sense than Bastard. Unless it was his son. Um, again, anyway. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bastard the sheep. It, oh, it could it? have been his illiterate son after he'd impregnated one of the other sheep. Fluffer. Yeah. Uh, the attack on his farm happened in full view of a planning inspector and other officials carrying out a visit, uh, carrying out a site visit. So a planning inspector was at the farm, Mr. Haddock's property. When this vicious attack happened, then what did they think of him running off to get the shotgun? Well, uh, it doesn't say. <laughs> they must nice have wanted to shut him down, right? Well, <laughs> we don't know. No, no. I'm guessing a plan. I'm guessing the planning inspector doesn't shut him down. I'm guessing he'd obviously want a planning application for something else. Maybe so. It's not going to help your chances, is it? Being a 
a gun-toting lunatic. Maybe his uh, his sheep brothel that he plans to open later in the year. Didn't Alan Ames, the uh, the safari guy, take to sleeping in his car with a shotgun? He did. Yeah. Or was it like a baseball bat? No, I he didn't. Think, it, I think it was a gun. Yeah. And it also got turned down for planning application. Yeah. <laughs> um, three of the lambs were killed outright, <laughs> and two others died shortly after through injuries. But a dog. In shock. <laughs> but, although he might have inflicted that but the dog a distinctive collie Alsatian cross rod off before Mr Haddock could get to it now he has warned other farmers in the area to watch out for it can you imagine him tracing this dog running off like with the scope of his rifle or shotgun or whatever and just blowing it just just shooting it well, just just like fighting fighting his warning shots yeah. I imagine he's going to go and then he pin it up to a post with a sign warning this is what will happen to your dog. To what? Just the rotting carps hanging off the front of his barn. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said, "It is a killer. There's no way. There's no other. Sorry, it is a killer. There's no other way to put it." But you think a farmer would understand, like the nat- nature? The, na- yeah, the, 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 the dog. The, natural order the dog is not a killer. This is not premeditated murder. Was it? This is a dog. This is a dog, presumably following its natural instincts. And while there might not be wolves out there, I think there probably are natural. You know, there probably are feral dogs out there that may, unfortunately. You think this is a feral dog? It's possible. Well, back to your wolves existing Great Britain theory, are we? Well, no. I'm just saying maybe that there are there are feral cats, as we know, as we covered on numerous occasions. There might be feral dogs. That's all I'm saying. And I understand it. There are sharks off the Dorset coast. And so I'm um, let great whites. When most dogs go for sheep, they run. They run them behind. Sorry. When most dogs go for sheep, they run round behind them and occasionally nip their legs. But this one was systematically ripping the throat out of every lamb it caught. Rob, bear in mind this is farmland. Yeah. I propose, Rob, I'm stating, I'm going on record as saying, this dog, Rob, was an errant sheepdog. This was a sheepdog that had had enough. He was a sheepdog for a local farmer. A farmer had bred him. Maybe he didn't keep him that well because he's bred this sort of mongrel dog. He's a cross, isn't he? He's been forced for years to work as a sheepdog and then one day, Rob, he lost it. And he's gone on a rampage and because he's doing exactly what a sheepdog does but he's killing the sheep as he does it. Because he went around systematically ripping out their throats. I really think you're on something. I think it's a sheepdog, Rob, that had enough. And I think this farmer knows more than he's laying on. I think he knows that dog. I think that dog was one of his. And now he's he's a dog he's abused, and then the dog. It's a dog he's abused. He's a dog he he cut loose himself. So why is he threatening to shoot other people's dogs? Then it's a, it's a cover. He needs a cover. He cannot come to admit that it was it was through his neglect that the this bastard dog that he created in a barn one night. It's come back to haunt him, like Frankenstein's monster. He like he it's a composite. Every... Where, where the fuck are we going with this? I fucking I've no idea. I've got an image of a man bringing to life this this mutant dog with electrodes and things and then the dog comes alive and he's like he's like lassie and then the dog goes mental and he's like no what have I created that's just you I was just imagining oh. this this farmer who'd, who'd cut this I, gave, I I imagine this dog was possibly the run to the litter I don't know maybe had a gammy leg I don't know <laughs> and and he was abused locked away um, you know starved basically we're accusing Mr Haddock of a lot <laughs> yeah. of things here. and I can just imagine Mr Haddock lying in bed in the early hours of the morning, you just hear this howl on the moorland as he knows that, yet again, the dog is coming for his sheep. Committed murder. Yeah. Sheep aside. Sheep aside. And it's all because of him. Right. What's the rest of the story? It's not really, I don't think it's relevant now. I'd like to know it. <laughs> uh, there's, not, there's not an awful lot. The, I think the, the police are investigating and uh, 
Let me see if there's I'm anything else. him or the dead sheep. Uh, well, no, no, no. Right, okay. So, um, we saw what was going on from some distance away. But there wasn't time for me to go and fetch my gun. We did, <laughs> we did run after the dog, but it got away in the woods and then went on to public land. Police will investigate the incident, said Mr. Haddock. Uh, few successful prosecutions ever result... Uh, ever resulted once the offending animal had good. So they're not concerned oh, about him toting around his gun? Well, no, because no, because most farmers will have shotgun licences. The farmers are allowed... Our farmers... I'm going to check this. The farmers are allowed to shoot They dogs. are shotgun... Well, yeah, I assume so. They're definitely allowed shotgun licences. I know that. And they're allowed to shoot dogs. <laughs> Legal sure rights on shooting dogs on your land. Rob, here it is. Rob, I found an article on Farmers Weekly. <laughs> Great. I'm not kidding. There's a website called Farmers Weekly. Here we go. I'm going to just give you the conclusion. Right. You could be sued for damages by the dog owner. So you have to be careful. Well, if you shot their dog? Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> the RSPCA generally investigates and prosecutes animal welfare offences. And it will be slow to agree that shooting was a suitable option. Shooting a dog will inevitably trigger a police review of the farmer's suitability to continue to hold firearms. Hold firearms. So it seems to me... Dogs will continue to chase sheep and other livestock if they get the chance. For the farmer seeking to prevent damage to his livelihood, shooting a dog should not be should shooting a dog should be approached with the utmost caution and very much as a last resort. If not, he could be replacing one boring problem with others. So Farmers Weekly, mate, disagree with you. They do not say shoot first and ask, <laughs> ask questions afterwards. Um, the final, the final, just uh, a comment from Mr. Haddock. So Mr. Haddock, who chairs the Conservative Rural Affairs Group, Does he now? which reports to DEFRA, said, Farmers, put up signs to warn when livestock are in fields. But dogs can't read signs. No. It's a fair point. So why, does, why do they deserve to be executed then? Who knows, Alex? Maybe he needs to put one up in dog language. <laughs> I'm not going to speculate what that's going to, that's going to read as. But, uh, Any comments on this article? No. Well, we, did get, we did get an animal story in there. So this dog is still on the loose. Yeah. Still on the loose, still out there, and... A killer. A killer. This uh, Frankenstein dog. Which, as we speculated, he may well know and may well have created. Yeah, in his lab. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, that was fascinating, Rob. Thank you for that wonderful story. And Rob, thank you, Steve, as well, oh, yeah. for sending in. Thank you, Steve. Sorry. That is a great story, Steve. And if you do find anything about Alan Ames, I have been suspicious, to the point of being suspicious about the lack of any Alan Ames-related story. It, it worries me when that place goes quiet, Rob. What's going on at that safari if there are no stories coming out? You do it, have you know to worry, I mean? yeah. It's, yeah it's, just, it's just a matter of time before we hear about another, I don't know, caramel or child moored by a, a big cat. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Um, so on that note, Rob, we leave episode 111 behind. All the ones there, Rob. Yeah. And uh, we look forward with a mixture of eager anticipation yet trepidation to episode 112 as we move ever forward rather like poor Mr Haddock wandering out onto the field <laughs> a long walk to approach the bloodied reluctantly walking through yeah walking through his fields trying to find his bastard and fluffy stray dog no no looking for the oh, corpses of bastard and fluffy the sheep oh, God, you imagine yeah. that long walk he had to make through the field towards those bloodied corpses Rob and that is rather like us as we approach episode 112 Rob, you look disturbed. Don't dwell on that thought too much. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to. Take care. And God bless. Bye.